0: Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. All right, everybody, welcome to today's podcast. I'm so glad you've joined us. Now, about those... Pentecostal roots, okay, about those Pentecostal roots, I want to take my time with this one and and just enjoy it. So for those who are watching from somewhere else, maybe you're watching on our YouTube channel and uh, you've seen the title, it's attracted you, let's just go there, Uh, and this is going to be good, by the way. I want to give you just a bit of history, just a little bit, and, and encourage you to stay tuned to the end because this isn't your ordinary message touching on Pentecost. You're going to hear some things you may have never heard before. As well, can God use somebody apart from a denomination? Many people discuss those things and have been discussing those things, and I want to share something that just really will encourage you. But when we look at the word Pentecost, we go back to what is the famed day of Pentecost uh, when the 120 Community of witnesses—I like to call them. Well, the original language uh, likes to bring that out. But community of witnesses in the upper room are experiencing the wonderful baptism of the Holy Spirit, and uh, tongues of fire land on them, and the—you know—they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the people downstairs and out in the streets think. That these people are drunk. There's such an ecstatic. There's this, you know, explosion of speaking in tongues, and actually they're hearing the tongues in their own language, and there were many languages that could be referred to. Uh, why is that? It's because people from all over the world had gathered for to celebrate Pentecost. So uh, ironically, I know I know we're called Pentecostals, but in actual fact. Uh, the Pentecostals were the ones on the ground, not in the upper room, uh, receiving the baptism, but they were there celebrating uh, the day of Pentecost. But all the same, on the day of Pentecost, this this experience happened where there's the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we know that Peter essentially stood up with this boldness, this fresh boldness uh, that came, that filled him. And, and if you listen to last week's podcast, you'll know I touched on some of the boldness that comes with a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he stands up and thousands give their life to Christ. There's just this immediate result uh, that comes from this experience in the upper room. And so from there, we know this as the day of Pentecost. I want to also highlight Azusa Street. We can't talk about Pentecost without talking about the Azusa Street revival that basically, you know, took it all around the world. And one of the things I want to emphasize, there's so much to be said about the Azusa Street revival, but one of the things I want to emphasize about it was the nature of it or the mechanics of this revival really had to do with people coming to the building, getting a a fresh touch of what God was doing in the building And that wasn't all. They then went out and were bringing the fire, not just locally, but were bringing the fire to the nations of the world. This was a come get a touch and be sent out. This was revival and transformation. And in fact, they were even organized with it. So for example, those who came and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit or received a fresh touch would then go out in an organized way onto the streetcars. They organized themselves almost like uh, SWAT teams, and uh, they would go out onto the, the streetcars and the people in the street, and they were reaching people for Jesus. I mean, it was it was really just as simple as that. And now, I, I want to touch now on my own personal Pentecostal roots, and I have a reason for this. I, I don't want you to turn off this podcast or stop watching, thinking, okay, this guy's giving his, his family bio here, <laughs> but but I have a point to this, so I want you to track with me, and I'll hit some of these things as fast as possible, but my great-grandpa Morrison, okay, that's my my grandmother's dad, Eileen Upton. Uh, Great uh, Grandpa Morrison, he did not know the Lord. His wife gave her life to Christ and was attending church, but he didn't want to go anywhere near the church. And I've got my my wife and Bruce is in the studio today, and so I'm glancing over, engaging them as well with some of these these stories. But uh, he didn't want to go anywhere near the church. And he was one of those that would just let his wife go to church and family, but he wouldn't go himself. He was a tougher man. And uh, he has this dream one night where he sees a crowd of people that are passing by his house. And in the dream, you know, this is just how God is. And this is my great grandfather now. In the dream, he walks out of the house into the street and he sees this crowd of people going by. And he he asks them, "Where's everybody going? What's going on?" And and somebody says to him, "Haven't you heard? Jesus of Nazareth is passing by." <laughs> Can you imagine? And keep in mind, this is the man uh, on this side of the family where our, our lineage comes from. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Haven't you heard? And he wakes up from this dream. And it was, a, it was actually a song. These were the lyrics to the song of Jesus is passing by. So he's so frightened by this dream that he's having that on Sunday, he says to his wife, I, I think I'm going to go to church this Sunday. <laughs> and so he goes with his family to church and he sits in the back. And to his shock of shocks, they're singing Jesus is passing by. And they're singing this hymn. And, of course, he begins to weep, and he gives his life to the Lord. And that began a a generational blessing and lineage. Listen, guys, if you are the first in your family to be saved, it matters. What you do matters as a Christian, as a believer. You can actually start a generational blessing. A family lineage can can come from you. So that's great-grandpa Morrison, and then... Uh, his daughter married, who is my uh, great-grandpa Upton, if I have that that correct, okay? Great-grandpa Upton now was one of the founding fathers of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada and head of overseas missions. So I want to make sure I, I have that correct. But that's great-grandpa Upton, also on my mother's side, uh, founding father of Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. That's in that that lineage as well. And then uh, great-grandma, who who he married, okay, I'm walking you through the tree a little bit here, but who he married was a traveling Pentecostal evangelist, and then she died, and uh, great-grandpa was able to remarry and he remarried who became my second great-grandmother Catherine who brought the gospel brought Pentecost to Trinidad and Tobago and probably a number of other places she lived well into her hundreds and even when I would go visit her she would sit there with the Bible open uh, and she would be reading scripture she just loved the Lord for those of you who knew her she was she was famous for a reason And so great-grandma Catherine brought the gospel to Trinidad uh, and beyond. And then Grandpa Upton, we're still on my mother's side, so this is my grandpa. (laughs) Great-grandpa and that Catherine, their son. Uh, Grandpa Upton pastored two churches, Pentecostal Assemblies churches, and became Eastern District Superintendent for the PAOC, and then Director of Home Missions and Bible Colleges. Again, if you've just tuned in, We're not having a family journey. I'm not about to get the slideshow out. I have a purpose (laughs) with what I'm saying here today. But, um, you know, he pastored and did just incredible things. The stories we have of grandpa's faithfulness. He's still alive today. God used him mightily, Even, even when he was itinerant near the end or interim pastor Well, into his 80s, when you would listen to him speak, the anointing would fall. I remember that as a young child, that that when he would speak, I I would say, I felt something different. (laughs) And he was like his father, who we just mentioned, great grandpa. We'd put on the old videos of him, and he'd just be sitting at a table, just like this. He'd have the Bible open, old video camera going, and he'd be teaching, and there was no music, there was no sound lights smoke machines. It was just a a white, pale background, and he'd be just talking, and you would feel the presence of God. You would feel the anointing on these faithful, faithful people's lives, okay? Then his brother Uncle Roy, he's my great uncle, Uncle Roy also, Pentecostal pastor. Did you know he built the largest church in Nairobi, Africa, okay? And he just passed away recently, largest church in Nairobi, Africa. What a man of God. Uh, You know, it's just a wonderful heritage to have, and you yourself can be the detonator or the catalyst. Let's say catalyst. You yourself can be the catalyst of a of a generational lineage of, of the faithful, those who, who know the Lord. Then on my dad's side, we were just talking about my mom's side, so there's a number of generations there. On my dad's side, of course, um, great, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna try to explain this, but one of the great-grandparents uh, actually started a small community church. I believe it's on the border of Poland during the war. <laughs> and we have some, some family stuff that we trace back to, you know, I won't even get into it, but it, it sounds like some Germans got saved in that camp and some stuff went on that was pretty cool. And, uh, and then Grandpa, Grandpa Schneider also graduated Pentecostal Bible College, uh, went into ministry, pastored. They planted a, you know, he built a church with his bare hands, planted it up north There was barely anybody there. They had no no food, no this, no that. And and they have stories where it was like like the angels delivered food, you know, the knock at the door and and nobody's there, but there's a basket of food for Christmas. Like the testimonies of God's hand in the lives of forerunners. (laughs) I want to encourage you, if you're the forerunner for your family, you need to believe big. You need to think big. If you want to be the forerunner and your kids don't necessarily know the Lord, you need to start calling your kids back to Jesus and just claim that. Have the faith for family. Just, just say that out loud. I've got faith for family. Come on, guys. <laughs> I've got faith for family. We've got some people in the studio today. So, now let's bring it home here. My father, who we just lost over Christmas time, uh, pastored for almost 50 years, two years short of 50 years of ministry, 40 of which were at the Embassy of the Kingdom of God Church in Oshawa. This church, you know, where I grew up, this was my home church. I pastored there for 10 years. A lot of people don't know that the Embassy Church is a Pentecostal church, and dad pastored there, uh, credential holder with the POC for all those years, and then, and then recently passed away. Now, what a generational blessing we, we just underscored, and these are truly my Pentecostal roots, I call them. And many of you know my story, it's featured in my book, Beyond the Four Walls from Revival to Societal Transformation. You can find that book on Amazon, by the way, but many of you know my story of being called out of, you know, backslidden Christianity, um, running from the call of God that was obviously on my life, even generationally. And when I repented, I was just on fire for the Lord I just I had this encounter with Jesus it didn't happen at a church it didn't happen at a conference and and I gave my life to Christ and I began preaching that same week you you know the story I, I touched on it already and and I remember when I really got serious about God, I chose to attend this small uh, ministry training institute. It wasn't with the denomination or some call it Pentecostal fellowship or denomination. Sometimes the lines are blurred for, for different people's perspectives, but uh, I chose not to go to a Pentecostal Bible college and I went to this small ministry training institute. Why? It's what I felt the Lord leading me to do. I had an encounter with God. He told me to do that. Nothing against Pentecostal Bible College at all. Some of my good friends come out of there. God trains us all in different ways for different things. So I attended this, this training institute. And, and when I came out of that, uh, in, in, in it was two years. You know, <laughs> one of my family members said, well, what are you going to do? There's no PAOC church that will have you, and our family is 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 you know died in the wool Pentecostal and there was this kind of push to really hold allegiance to the denomination, so to speak. And uh, and so I really wrestled with this. Could God use me? And these people that had some of these comments, they loved me, they cared about my well-being, and I know. Uh, The Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, such a wonderful, you know, uh, uh, denomination and all the history that I just highlighted. But here I am, you know, wondering what to do. If I choose not to go that route, I'm going to disappoint family members, perhaps. But here's what I feel God is saying. And so at that time, I had been touched by a particular revival in one part of the world that had really shot my ministry forward, globally, really. Uh, And the leader of that revival had laid hands on me. I received an impartation from this Nigerian man uh, out of Ukraine, the revival uh, in Ukraine, laid hands on me, and this just shot my ministry forward into not only revival meetings, but equipping people for societal transformation. You know, it was just a game changer moment for me, and so, I had the privilege of traveling a bit with him during a mentorship period, and as I'm traveling with him, one of the places we were was the United Nations. I know that sounds a little wild. Uh, He was actually invited to speak at the UN. I'll never forget that as he gave an altar call in the UN, like, people got saved. This really happened, Bruce. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I sat there and watched as these hands went up, I turned and thought, nobody's going to put their hand up in the UN to receive Jesus. And here, hands go up and people are getting saved. And in this particular meeting in the UN of all places, I I feel the pressure of what family members are wanting me to do. And they meant well. (laughs) And I'm saying, Lord, Lord, you know what do I do and as my mentor is speaking I suddenly can't hear his voice anymore but there's almost like an open heaven over me and I hear the Lord say that I am not to go to this particular bible college or do it this way because I'm going to get the glory for how I'm going to use you it was something unique there wasn't a there wasn't anything negative there wasn't anything critical about this avenue or Pentecostal Assemblies Avenue Bible College nothing negative at all and again my friends graduates wonderful men and women of God. I just went through the the wonderful history I have and these were faithful people that changed the world. Okay, so you know nothing negative just I'm going to do this unique thing with you because I have a unique call uh, uh, for you and so and from there. That opened up, ironically, to me coming on staff at my father's church, Pentecostal church. I was, giving what, I was given what's called a working credential so I could minister there. And the revival broke out that lasted seven or eight years, which springboarded all that we've come into uh, now as a ministry. It's an incredible story. But what's the point of what I'm saying today? I want to give you a principle here. Something to take with you other than have the faith to be the forerunner for your family line. But God can use you beyond the denomination that you're part of. Okay? God can use you beyond any denomination that you're part of. And sometimes when it's a unique calling, He has to do it this way. It's important to remember that we exist to serve the kingdom, the kingdom of God. The Pentecostal assemblies and Various denominations and fellowships, they exist to serve the kingdom of God. And we as individuals exist to serve the kingdom of God with the same mandate. There is no one denomination or one uh, uh, church or any one person that has a monopoly on the kingdom of God. (laughs) The kingdom of God is open to all who will embrace it and receive it and further it. Jesus makes this very clear throughout the New Testament. You know, Matthew 6.33, to seek first the kingdom. As long as the denomination, fellowship, structure, church, situation you're in, exists to advance the kingdom, we have a unity. As long as Jesus is Lord and the foundations of our faith are present, we have a unity, whichever avenue that God uses you to take, okay? I just love this so much. So, you know, God can use you beyond the denomination. And since that time, as the Lord released me to lead our History Makers ministry, which has become a global apostolic movement, I have stood and testified of the Lord Jesus Christ in parliaments. I have spoken at judges and lawyer convention on how to rebuild a former communist nation. I have ministered and planted things in gypsy communities in And, you know, you name it, God has just taken me to the nations. I've written five books at this point. You know, there's fruitfulness because I obeyed the Lord Jesus. And I want to encourage you today that, you know, to choose a system or to glorify a system or structure above the leading of the Holy Spirit is to commit the sin of religiosity. (laughs) You might need me to say that again, but let me let me explain it a bit here is that, you know, um, not saying that any denomination, fellowship, or structure, or church is religious, just because they're organized and structured doesn't make any, anybody religious, but to glorify any one system, organization, structure, all of that, to glorify that above the leading of the Holy Spirit, to, to have an allegiance to something above the kingdom of God, is to commit the sin of religiosity. And so when I've made decisions in my life to go beyond the denomination and and touch on different streams and be used by God in different ways... I was simply wanting to obey Jesus. I was simply wanting to advance the kingdom in avenues and places I maybe couldn't have got to if I went this way. God has streams and ways for us. He has a unique calling and purpose for each individual. And I wanna encourage you today, uh, some of you are watching maybe or listening, thinking I might slip up and say some things that could be offensive. It just won't happen. I love my Pentecostal roots. I love the people I work with today. I love the future of History Makers Ministry as we prepare to launch our non-denominational church. The church piece is coming. (laughs) As we prepare to do all these things, we are people of the kingdom and we have common, common unity that way. So what really matters, if we go back to the book of Acts, what Pentecost really was about, whether it was in the upper room or Azusa Street, was to come to church and get a touch from God, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then go out and reach others for Jesus. Whatever structure you find yourself in, that's the purpose of this whole thing. So in the book of Acts, these 120 are in the upper room and the tongues of fire come. And what we see, what the what the original language brings out, is that they they were a community of anointed witnesses. Community of anointed witnesses. And you may find yourself in a church today that you could qualify as a community of anointed witnesses. What's the goal of church? How do we choose a church? Why why do we place pledge allegiance to the kingdom above any denominational structure? It's that. Churches, no matter what name or brand they are, don't always have the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You don't always run into a community of anointed witnesses. (laughs) The pastor, no matter what credentials he or she has, doesn't mean that they're anointed, doesn't mean that, you know, they're always called. And some churches you go to, you don't always find a community of anointed witnesses, and you've got to go where God's glory is. You've got to go where the Holy Spirit leads you, because it's all about the kingdom. And of course, you've got to make sure it's healthy. You got to make sure it's biblical, but this podcast today isn't isn't six ways to choose a church or something. (laughs) But what matters most is that you take your place in in these troubled days, in this difficult era, as part of the community of anointed witnesses. This was the prerequisite for Peter, and it's the prerequisite for you too, to find that place, to find your tribe that's healthy. Yeah, you have relationship, you have community, you're accountable. And you know what? God has used me in ways that I'm so thankful for because I followed his leading. And we are so excited as History Maker Society, not just the Global Academy and the, the society small groups and all that, but as we move into the foundations of a community, uh, this is where we're headed, following the leading of the Lord and honoring the past, honoring our roots. And, and, and I'm in no way saying the Pentecostal Assemblies is the past, but it's my roots. And I honor that. I wouldn't be who I am today without the faithfulness and sacrifice of these that have gone before me. We've got to honor our roots. We've got to honor what the Lord has done and is doing. Honor God honors honor with Revival. So we've got to make sure we walk in that direction, honoring and loving all parties that we find unity in, common unity in the kingdom of God. And so I'm just so excited about this, and I want to leave you with something uh, today. And it's something I noticed about my Pentecostal forefathers, fathers and mothers: is their ability and devotion to the to biblical principles. They weren't just spirit filled. But they held tight to the principles of the Bible. They lived them out. I've watched my my grandparents, uh, uh, Gordon and Eileen Upton, celebrate 68 years of faithful ministry. 70 years of marriage. There was just something about these principled Pentecostals. Their marriages had longevity. They were people you could depend on. Faithful people still are. And there was something about the, the, I don't want to say the word balance because real charismatic people get worried when you use the word balance, but, but the, the preservation and stewardship of both the fire of the Holy Ghost and the principles of the kingdom. If you can find that in somebody, you are truly Book of Acts Pentecostal. <laughs> God bless you. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.